Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello. Uh, good week, Derek. Not too much going on, just cruising nicely, which is a good thing. You know, no problems going and, and whatnot. Yeah, my week's busy as normal, but I gotta say, it's freezing in here tonight. Getting ready for winter or summer. Oh, good God. Yeah, because <laughs> when it's plus 500 degrees outside and you're sweating your ears off, you're going to come down here and go, this is yeah. absolute heaven. You're like an old man. I need a shawl or some kind of A shawl. Yes, an old cover. woman. Derek's an old woman. <laughs> <laughs> Get in touch with your female side, buddy. Yes. You're getting old. Can't yep. handle the cold anymore. It's I in know. your bones. It's in your joints. Well, what is it's the your rheumatism? It's like minus six or something in here. I don't know. The temperature <laughs> thing said seventy. What's that? In You're in Celsius? Fahrenheit. You work in Fahrenheit. No, my my uh, thingy does. My thermometer does. My It'll thermostat. Switch over. It'll switch over. It You're never just does. Gonna be, you're just going to be smarter than your thermostat. Yeah. Well, it says seventy. <laughs> we keep it there all year round. <laughs> Sorry, I'm distracting. Ah. <sighs> Anyway, so you're cold today. Yes. I'm sitting here in a t-shirt. Yes, you're you all are. bundled up. What's up with that? I used to live up north, right? <laughs> I got the cold blood in me. <laughs> so we're going to have an episode this week. We are. We are. And it, realistically, I think it would be fit more in about October uh, around Halloween. Because it's going to deal with scary stuff. death, destruction. Yes. Dying, possible injuries, yeah, gore, and nobody wants to hear this before we go into the paddling season. They might want to hear it after know, they can recoup and recover and realize what they almost the did. They almost all died. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about the perils of paddling this week. So, so yeah, just checking out a couple things and realizing what we do: canoeing, kayaking, stand-up paddle boarding, rafting. There's inherent dangers in it. And of There's course, a lot of dangers in it. Of course, you could get hit by a bus crossing the street. Every, not a third every, time. Not a third time, no. <laughs> I hope not. I learned the first two times. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, there's inherent dangers in everything. But uh, you, you kind of avoid the thought or you, you don't really think about the inherent dangers in what you do for fun, your hobbies, your... You're, whatever you you accept certain risks you accept certain dangers you get in your car you go to work whatever right there's certain risks you you accept and you kind of ignore them but sometimes you have to pay attention to the dangers and so that you're properly prepared you're you uh you can fully mentally digest all the risks that you're going to be taking you know everybody wears or should be wearing a life jacket you plan ahead you plan your trip you you leave a uh, itinerary with uh, family or loved ones when you go off on a long trip and stuff like that anyway so tonight me and sean are going to talk about some of the various risks that we expose ourselves to as we do our hobby our sport yeah i mean the whole point of getting out there is to go out have fun get away from the hustle and bustle of day-to-day grind and work and that yeah. sort of thing right but what happens when things go wrong and sometimes they do and sometimes they go horribly wrong i mean yeah <laughs> and you know what the things that can go wrong and the severity depends on the type of paddling you're doing where you're doing it that's sort of you know like if you're just paddling around a small pond there's only so many things that can go wrong the risk mind you they can also all end up with you drowning yes yes <laughs> you know yeah. uh, anything everything is involved either cutting a bump and a bruise or drowning, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, then if you're going down, you know, class five rapids through a narrow gorge um, in the upper reaches of Mongolia, <laughs> you know, well, you know, we're talking life and limb at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we'll start small and work our way up. Yes. Okay. So accidents happen to the best of us. I've been on trips where it's happened to people. Um, I've been on trips where it's almost happened to me and that's exactly what they are. They're accidents, uh, you know, like no really getting away from it. It's going to happen at some point. Uh, when you start on your, we'll, we'll talk about the physical things that can happen. Like anything from bumps and bruises, cuts, scrapes, just minor stuff. Yes. Right. You, you smack your shin off of something or whatever, bump, bruise, scrape. Burn your hand on a hot poker in the fire or whatever. Yeah. Uh, sore muscles yeah. from paddling all day. First yeah. trip of the season, second trip of the season. Yes, that's considered an injury. You know, you get the sore back, you know, because, you know, you're getting older. 
<laughs> I am. I am getting older. Uh, yeah, cuts from knives, an axe yep. slips, you know, you're you're carving something, you slice your finger. Yep. That's why we carry the first aid kits, right? Exactly, exactly. And, and you know, people take actions. Like I know when I use my axe, I, I'm always very cautious and aware of where that axe is swinging, right? I, I'm very cautious about, you know, I don't want to get the, I don't want to miss the log or something I'm trying to split and get it in the shin, right? Because that could be trip ending and it could be, you know, the risk is huge of, you know, you could, you could die. You could bleed out, whatever. An axe blade in your shin might be trip ending. <laughs> I, would agree, I would agree with that. Well, you know, maybe you just suck it up, right? <laughs> it's, like, it's just a flesh wound. <laughs> <laughs> but I think about that when I'm splitting wood. I, I split in a way that it's impossible for me to have it deflect back on myself. Well, I mean, that also comes back to, you know, the proper way of cutting with an axe too, right? Yes. We chop them with an axe. Yes. Um, so yeah, your, your sore muscles, your bumps, bruises, cuts, scrapes, that sort of thing. Uh, you're wading in the river up the, st- up stream. Yep. Pushing your canoe, pulling your canoe. You lodge your foot between a couple of rocks, you twist. Yeah. You know, there's a sprained ankle, a twist ankle, hopefully not a broken ankle. There's one, there's one risk that we're always warned about with, uh, with in whitewater. So if you're whitewater canoeing, whitewater kayaking, one of the big risks that they talk about is, uh, have your toes floating above the surface of the water. Whenever, if you're out of your boat, if you're in, in the rapids and you're trying to recover your boat, you're trying to get off to the shore, always float face like your feet down river and your toes above the water. Because one of the biggest risks is to catch a toe or angle in a rock, and then the force of the flow will flip you over and will hold your head underwater as your leg is caught in a rock. And there's drowning. Yeah, so it happens, it could happen so quick. And it this is not a theoretical risk. This is a, a real risk. It happens to people. Yeah, and I mean, even when you're in the case where you are floating down river, and especially if it's really fast current, even wrapping your, your hand off of a rock or something, yeah. jamming a finger, exactly. I mean, it's, it's so easy to break something, yeah. right? So, I mean, there's there's all those <laughs> those issues, just being in the water, just being in the water. Exactly. And we've just started and we've died seven times now. <laughs> um, slipping and falling while portaging. This has happened to me. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I haven't, you know, you just go straight down sort of deal, yeah. but, you know, you misplace or twist something the wrong way and that's it. And this is a big one that I really take caution. I go extra slow, really look at where I'm planting my feet when I'm on solo trips. Mm-hmm. Because if you're, if you're, if you fall and break something on a solo trip, yeah. especially in the shoulder seasons where there's not many people, yeah, you're, you're in big trouble, you know, cause there's no one there to, to pick you up and help you out. Uh, with stand up paddle boarding, one of the big things is the shoulder issues. What's this? Stand up paddle boarding. No, I know. The what shoulder. Do you mean? What? Because you're constantly bending forward. Yeah. And all the excess uh, forces coming through your hand, okay. your forearms, and into your shoulders causes shoulder issues. I hadn't heard about that. Yeah, I was reading about it. Um, so that's yeah. So just repetitive, right? Mm-hmm. Just yes. like carpal tunnel syndrome yeah, sort I of suppose. thing, repetitive yeah. movements and that sort of deal. In the shoulder seasons, falling overboard. Yeah, cold hypothermia. Water, hypothermia. That's a big one. We've covered that a few times. And it times. doesn't take long. It doesn't take long at it's all. It's minutes. And again, I mean, that's that leads to drowning. Yep. You know, uh, or getting to shore and freezing. And, and yeah, dying of hypothermia. Yeah, sure. that's uh, not a good thing. Complete opposite of that is when you're in the summer, and I've been guilty of, of this a few times. You're just having a great day. You're not paying attention. You go, 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 yep. go. Not the sun fluid, is overhead. Overheating. You get you get the heat stress, dehydrated, sunburn. Yeah, I've gotten sunburn when I was when I was much younger, um, just not paying attention and to the point where it's blisters. Oh, yeah, I've, I've had that probably three times in my hmm. life. You get the blister. It has, I mean, it's bad, and yeah. you don't even notice it. You just if it feels like it's warm. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like you're having a nice hot day, but and then at the end of the day, you don't realize how long you've been out or something like that. And yeah. How long you've had your shirt off and whatnot, and then. The next day, all of a sudden, you've got blisters. You all can't over even your back. wear a shirt because it's so oh, sore. It's it's brutal, absolute brutal. But the sun, the heat, you know that really you got to concentrate on that because that'll take you out as well. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, being dehydrated around camp. Yeah. You know, you got, we've got to we got to make pack up and 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 paddle for another eight hours, and you just don't have the energy. Exactly. You get the headaches and you know migraine going with it and everything like that. It's always good to keep prepared for that. Like, be aware of of the risks so that you have extra clothes in case you get cold. You have a like you have a waterproof kit to start a fire on, on shore if you do get separated from the rest of your gear and you can start a fire and warm back up. Wear longs. I, I, I usually wear, almost always wear long sleeve clothing, shirts and stuff in the mm-hmm. summer. Even on hot days, I wear long sleeve just to, it, for one, it, the sweat gets to wick out through the, through the shirt and uh, it keeps the sun off my arms. And it's, it's, for me, it's, I hate putting suntan lotion on, so I wear long shirts instead. Well, I'll do the suntan lotion and, uh, you know, always a hat. You'll always see me with a hat. Yes. Um, but yeah, the wick away stuff. And if I know it, like there, if there's not a single cloud in the sky and I know that's going to be a hot day, long sleeve, plus I got the paddling gloves. Yeah. Um, and you got to wash the feet as well because you're, you're sitting there with your feet out <laughs> yeah. and you don't even think about it. And then you take your shoes off and if you've got Keens or something like yeah. that, then you've got that nice sunburn. I've seen it on people. Mark. I, I've been lucky enough not to get stricken with it myself, but I've seen people with, uh, with the little triangle sunburns on their feet and blisters. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that looks nasty. And what about the people that wear Crocs? Yeah, little circles. And they get all the little, little circles everywhere. Circles. <laughs> that would look kind of cool, I think. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Um, but the big, the big thing, I mean, you're on water drowning, drowning is a big, a big thing. If you've got to be wearing that life jacket, because anything can happen. You, I mean, yeah, you're exiting your canoe, you trip, you smack your head. Exactly. You know, on something, you're overboard. I mean, Tom Thompson, that's what supposedly happened. Yeah. He hit his head on his way over. There's lots of theories on that. Yeah. But, uh. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know what? That life jacket, if that's going to help you float. Yeah, and right? anything to help. And, and even like a lot of uh, modern life jackets are just there for buoyancy. Like in the back in the day, there, there was these collared ones that would supposedly keep your head above water if you're lost consciousness. Mm-hmm. Modern life jackets aren't designed to keep your head above the water. They're designed to support you in the water for you to keep your own head up. So it's the, uh, many or most of them aren't designed for unconscious people. Yeah. So those are just some of the physical issues that yes. you, you're going to, that are perilous to you while mm-hmm. you're paddling. Yeah. So, I mean, hypothermia, you could die. Drowning, you could die. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so you've only died a couple of times. Gored so by a moose, you could die. Yeah. So let's get into weather, wind, waves, and lightning. Yes. Lightning, almost been hit three times. Yeah? Yep. I've been fortunate. Um, once on the water. Yeah? Twice off the water. Hmm. But uh, the one time on the water was like, I don't have much hair. Yeah. But what I do have. It was standing on end. <laughs> it was trying to jump right <laughs> off my head, man. Uh, I've, I've heard so many stories about lightning from like on bolt and boards. And I can't remember who it was, but a few years back, one of the people we know, they uh, a tree was hit in his at his campsite. And he said the tree had blown out and he saw where the aluminum cross members of his tent poles, where they were touching, had sparked and the, the, the aluminum poles were burnt a bit and the fabric covering over the sleeve on the tent was melted. So the, the lightning had crossed across the ground and did some melting on his tent. And that's yeah. pretty scary. Well, it'll travel underground pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, you got you really got to be wary, wary of that. And and we talked about this in a previous episode about the ground potential, about when you're near lightning or lightning hits. And if your feet are apart on the ground, the different levels of power as it fades going across the ground is what causes you to get fried or electrocuted as it goes up one leg and down the other. Yeah, and you really, really, really got to be careful of that. Uh, when you see a lightning storm or rainstorm coming up, uh, I mean, you, you start hearing the thunder, you start seeing yeah. the flashes in the distance, head for sure. Yes, you know, absolutely. I mean, that's where we were. we were. We were out in the middle of a big lake, and we saw it coming over the hills, and it caught us just as we were getting into shore. Oh, yeah. And uh, lightning hit uh, one of the deadheads that were sticking out of the water behind oh, us. wow. It was that close. Wow. Uh Two of our buddies were on shore. They were looking at us, waiting for my brother and I to get in. Yeah. And the, the look on their face, like they thought we were dead, hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, when you see that thunder and lightning happening, because if you get hit, 
Yeah, you're. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, you're dead. The 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 <laughs> odds of surviving a lightning hit are are very slim. Like you do hear about it, but I think those are flukes when they survive. Yeah, um, but weather. I mean, when the weather turns, you get cold, you get hot. Yeah. Right. And we've talked about hypothermia and and the heat stress, the dehydration, that sort of thing. So, weather really plays a, a big, um, has a big factor in in all types of paddling. You know, the wind, the waves, you know, when you get that wind coming up all of a sudden, mm-hmm. especially if it funnels, there's a couple of lakes, Northern, uh, Algonquin park that the wind just funnels between the hills yeah. every afternoon. Exactly. You know that you've got to be off that lake at this time because that wind's picking up and it never fails. I don't think I've ever seen it not <laughs> windy. And once that wind hits, yeah, I mean, you're talking waves. Oh, if yeah. you're on a stand-up paddleboard or something like that. Yeah, you're you're very exposed. You'd be very exposed on a stand-up paddleboard. You're yep. better off, well, obviously not standing, and hugging maybe hugging the board, but uh, and hand paddling or or sitting down and pretending as a kayak and kayak paddling your stand-up paddleboard. Mm-hmm. But the the risks of like suddenly wind, you can get wind bounce so easily. Uh, you know, it's just the 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 water can build, especially if it's a shallower lake or or the the risks of that. Well, not only that, but I mean, if you know that you got to go five miles down the lake and that's the way the wind's coming from and you're not making any headway, yeah, you know, and you're starting to go backwards or you've got to all of a sudden start making a plan on, yeah. on what other way to go or you're going to be in some serious trouble. I remember a few years back, me and Marcus were on Radiant Lake and our campsite was, we crossed the lake and our campsite, we had just started to cross back and it was, it had gotten way too rough and... We could see our campsite. It was only about 500 meters away, but the water was so rough and the white caps that we ended up heading upwind. We went about a kilometer upwind and we were breaching the waves and slapping back yep. down. And every time a wave came for me, I was in the bow and I was digging in and lifting the nose up so that we wouldn't get swamped. And we went a kilometer up and then followed the tree line and followed the tree line back to our campsite. So it we it was like three or four times the distance to get to our campsite than what we should have taken, right? Yeah, I mean, but if you if you decide to just cut kitty corner across or something, a direct route. Well, we were gonna, gonna, we would have been taking those waves on the side and that would have yeah, rolled us. Yeah. Uh, I've been I've been uh, in the bow seat a couple of times where the waves are so huge that when we go to the top of the wave, you got the trough underneath and there's nothing under me. Yeah. Like I'm hanging over. Yeah. That's scary, know? eh? I mean, that, <laughs> like, well, and then you all of a sudden you come straight Slopping down into down the next and, yeah. wave and it's just coming right over. Exactly. So you're half paddling, half bailing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, when the waves are starting to get that high, if, if you it's don't have to far to go, <laughs> then you better get there quick. Yeah, Otherwise you exactly. better, you better be finding yourself a, uh, a place to uh, pack up for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the wind, the waves, the lightning, weather, you really got to keep an eye on weather uh, if you're going out because it can come up so fast. If you're out in the ocean, you know, and then the weather comes up really fast. Yeah. Where are you going? Exactly. It's the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> where are you going? Well, chances are you shouldn't have been out too far if you're just on a, on a paddle craft, but uh the risks of, if you're in the ocean is is uh, the storm blowing you out to sea. Well, and getting more exposed to like f- push farther away from land, and the risk becomes greater, right? Well, and that ties into our next bit of points here: distance. Yes. Right. Um, not realizing how far you've gone, and not having enough time to return to your starting point. Mm-hmm. Which I guess is fine if you're on small lakes and rivers. You but if you're out, anywhere, but yeah, if you're, but if you're ocean, touring, yeah. you know, touring upside the coastline, the coastline or yeah. something like that, or, you know, I mean, we've, we've, we've read, uh, articles where guys are going, they're going to cut across 10 kilometers to an island or something like exactly. that. Exactly. And then back and, and they don't realize. the distance or the tidal flows or whatever. And you get caught out. You, you get caught out in a very risky situation. So, and, and most of it, most times these situations come about by not pre-planning, not the for, not without the forethought of thinking, well, it's 10 kilometers. I, I can paddle only so fast and there's wind and there's waves. The, there's a storm coming in. Maybe I should not do this crossing. Well, that, and that's, again, you got to start, you got to do your research and, and use your head. Um, otherwise you're, you're going to end up in problems. And yeah. I mean, if you're out there and it's a nice day 
and you don't have time to get back. Yeah. Or like you say, the currents start taking you out. Mm-hmm. You know, you're out in the hot sun with yeah. no cover. You know, we're, we're human. We make errors. There's human errors involved in everything we do, right? Yeah. So you just hope to minimize the errors or, you know, try to avoid them at all. Yeah. So paddling too far out, not being able to get back to shore due to weather, currents, whatever, not judging your distances properly, more perils. Yes. Yes. Uh, one thing that we've sort of talked about a lot, expedition trips. Yes. You know, these are the big trips up north on, on rivers and stuff like that. So many unforeseen problems, uh, and accidents can occur. Like there is no way you can take into account, account every possible yeah. thing. Yeah. You, there's, you could, it could be simple as, as a bruise or a bump, or you could get burned at the campfire. You could pour hot boiling water on your hand or your leg or, you know, there's, uh, I remember a few uh, trip logs uh, from Lynette and Lester, Lester, uh, when they were up in the Pingallop crater, there was one incident on Van, uh, Victoria Island up North. They like on Victoria Island, they, uh, they were being followed by some wolves and, uh, and, on up uh, on Gava Peninsula, they they talked about the, the huge masses of insects and and uh, so they're always watchful for wildlife. But for the most part, their risks were they're in the middle of nowhere and they're doing whitewater mm-hmm. from Pigallo Crater down to the down to uh, what's the bay? Not Hudson's Bay. It's James Bay. James Bay. They're heading towards James Bay. So the the risk you're out in the middle of nowhere. You you you're very exposed to the elements because you you don't have you don't have a quick shelter. You don't have a. It's not a hundred kilometers to the nearest town. Yeah, that's you're for not, sure. You're not gonna you're not gonna like in Algonquin Park. You uh, if you get hurt, it's like well somebody's gonna come along soon. Yep. But no, not up there. So if you're on an expedition in remote areas, the risks are equal, but the the consequences can be. A lot, a worse. lot harder. Yeah. Uh, well, what if you are going down one of these rivers, you misjudge a rapid, yeah, and you bust your canoe in half. Exactly. What are you going to do? So you have fifteen hundred kilometers of waterway that you now have to walk. <laughs> well, and that's. I mean, so I mean, if you don't have an inreach or a spot unit, yeah. something like that, where you can, you know, press the button yeah. and get some help. What are you going to do? Yeah, if you don't have, yeah, like you said, we. I would, honestly don't know what you would do. <laughs> well, you would you would spend the rest yes. of the season, fishing and hunting and trying to walk your way to the coast. With all your right? with any gear that you could carry. Yeah. You know that you could salvage. Exactly. But uh, I mean, yeah, if if you've busted that canoe in half. Yeah, you're pooched. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Uh, but that that I mean that goes in with with the I mean that's exactly why I like to carry my spot unit. Um, I know. Other people carry the in-reach, that sort of thing. Yep. But you've got that. If something, if it's that bad, mm-hmm. you press that button and you you get your butt out of there. And and you also have to consider, like, there's uh, you can buy insurance when you buy these things as well for rescue insurance, right? Yeah. So it, it's it's worth the money. If you're going to do one of these huge expedition trips, it's worth the insurance money to pay for it just so that when the worst happens and you need a rescue, that you, you're going to get, you get rescued either way, but at least with the insurance, it's going to pay the 50 to a hundred thousand dollar rescue fee, depending on where you are. And like, you know, some countries that may not charge you, but other countries will. Yeah. And yeah, I mean that when I do my spot thing, you get the insurance with that and it, uh, it covers the, uh, search and rescue guys to come out, pick your, your carcass out of the bush and bring hmm. it home. Right. Dead or alive. Yes. So there's something else. Uh, let's talk man-made things. Weirs, spillways, structure abutments, hydroelectric dams, inflow areas at the nuke plant. Yeah. Like these are places that you're not supposed to go around. Yes. Right? Yes. Uh, some people, they still say, oh, I'm just going to paddle over this weir. But you got that uh, hydro, oh, I can never remember Hydraulic what it's called. Hydraulic forces. Hydraulic forces yeah, underneath hyd- that spin. Yeah. And you get you and your canoe get sucked under there. You're... Uh, you're yep. in some serious trouble there. Yeah, and and anybody who does any whitewater canoeing or kayaking knows that there's some hydraulics that can suck you in, and it may take 20 minutes to spit you out. You're just mm-hmm. churning and churning underneath the water, and you're, you know, I've heard stories of people trying to swim up out of these things, and then just out of a fluke of luck, they pop up to the surface, and it's like, holy cow. 
and and often you know there's they if you take any whitewater courses they they teach you and show you the best way to escape a hydraulic and uh it's you take the course and you'll learn these techniques right yeah one of the things i was looking at they say is just relax go to the bottom yes and it'll take and that's you what they tell yeah you. right along the yeah. bottom don't try to swim up let it take you yeah. out Yes. And then you come up a little farther down, right? it does right? naturally want to spit you out. Because mm-hmm. the water's getting in there, it's got to get out. And yep. you just want to go out with that water that's escaping. Yeah, most people, I think they just try to make a beeline for the surface and that's the problem. And that's, that's, what, that's the what mistake. You're fighting your yep. escape route. Uh, structure abutments like bridges and that, if you get pinned against one of those, oh, yeah. you know, you're in trouble. Yeah. Uh, the hydroelectric dams. I mean, that's... Yeah, and that and there's they usually have uh, these areas fenced off. Like on the lower side of the dam, there are always a lot of signs saying you don't know when there's going to be a release of water. Yeah, and on the upper side, they have the area uh, pontooned off with uh, with orange floats to warn you about getting too close so you don't get sucked into the turbine. Yeah, because I mean, you see the the we've seen the commercials on TV with the. Uh the guys in the boat saying don't get too close and then all of a sudden they open the dams and the and, water just yeah just kills them right uh now the nuke plants um they have the inflow area out back and they usually have the science posts as well because there's the big um big, suction yeah underneath it sucks the all big, the water in exactly right? the big intake uh, gate where like a nuke plant they use a, a ton of water for cooling for steam right so there's a lot of flow into these uh, into these power into these power plants, and you see them all down the eastern seaboard and you know the west coast. Uh, there's there's uh, a couple on uh, you know on the Great Lakes and stuff like that. So it's the these inflows can and they're all roped off. There's there's signs to keep you away from the the danger areas. And but some people say, oh, you know, this uh, good fish in there. Or well, whatever. there is, yeah, because I've, <laughs> I've been I've actually gone to the side. Where you can paddle, yeah, and I've gone up onto the rocks and looked over, yeah, and you see some of the fish in there, yeah. I can see why why people like to get in there. Well, because the the outflows are fairly close to the inflows, and so these areas tend to have warmer water, and mm-hmm. it tracks the fish into the warmer areas, right? Yeah, and but uh, you definitely got to stay away from that because you're you're looking at, at drowning. Yeah, there's the risk there. You get yep. sucked in. Uh, water traffic. When you look at some of these these working rivers, oh, yes. as they call them, right, like the Mississippi and whatnot, yeah, with those you know, big barges, you get the, they, they the don't big watch barges, the tow barges, and yeah. that, even the wakes from those things, yeah, oh, absolutely, um, going through harbors and stuff where you got the big ships, yeah, right, like there's people that like to paddle downtown Toronto Harbor, but there's a lot of boat traffic there's through a, there, there's a ton of traffic, there's there. the ferries, there's sailboats, there's there's every, and and if you're you're really close to water like in a kayak small yep. kayak they're not seeing you right and, and they're gonna they're gonna have a really hard time seeing you uh a, a canoe stand-up paddleboard they might see you a bit better but um yeah you got to watch out for the, the fast boat especially the people in the motorboats that aren't paying attention exactly they just go ripping by and don't realize that you're there yeah but uh, these water taxis and some of these work boats, they they don't necessarily, they're watching their radar. They're not looking yeah. for small craft and you don't show up on their radar. So they yep. won't, they, they tend not to be looking for the smaller people. And they're right? looking for the bottom too, right? So they yes. don't, you know, hit a sandbar or something. But uh, yeah, water traffic is, it really can get you uh, if you're not careful, especially on these bigger rivers, right? I mean, some of these rivers, you know, they have the uh, the big tankers coming up. Yeah, they're shipping. You know, they're definitely not yep. looking for you. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and they're wakes. Yeah, they're wakes alone will get you. Yeah, right. So, so that's the man-made stuff. Uh, let's go with wildlife. Oh uh, yes, this is the wildlife stuff that's going to get you. Crazy mad beavers. So, <laughs> moose. Yeah, they'll charge and, you. And what's surprising, and like everybody thinks, oh, bears, uh, you know, like here. Ah, uh, bears will get you on the yeah, the on black the bears are out west. It's the grizzly bears up north. It's the polar bears. All oh, the risk, risk, risk. But then, what a lot of people kind of don't really appreciate is the danger of a moose. Moose are are more dangerous than than a bear. The bears tend to avoid you. A moose will, if they have a a, a cow, or if the cow has a, a yep. if the cow has a calf. She's, she, there's a good chance that if you get too close, she's just going to attack you. Yeah. So, and, and they can move. Oh yeah. They can move. They are very fast. Yeah. I've seen so many videos on YouTube about, uh, you know, somebody getting pummeled by a moose. They're just whacking away at him like, uh, like they're just trotting on his head. So it, it's, 
moose are very dangerous and it's a lot of people don't appreciate the risks when it comes to a moose yeah i mean they're they're uh, all leg right and then uh, giant brick wall of a body yeah <laughs> exactly they'll trample you if you are not in north america you're over say in africa maybe on the mm-hmm. kwanzaa yep hippos they can boogie in the water as well. I've heard so many stories about these guys. Yeah. And they are fast. You wouldn't think it. They're these fast little submarines and it's like, oh, here it comes. There's a, there's a video I saw online recently and this guy in a speedboat was just watching it come towards him and, and he turned, told the guy to give it throttle. They got out of there and you didn't even know that the hippo was coming and suddenly it was bursting out of the surface at the tail end of the boat and they got out just in time. This was a huge hippo. And uh, they, you hear stories all the time of them attacking from under the water. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They go right it, underwater under, and just and, like submerge and yep. come so right out. People in uh, in inflatables, the hippos come up and slash with their teeth, and and suddenly you don't have a craft anymore. Mm-hmm. Like these these are dangerous animals. They're very angry. They don't want you in their water. Yeah, I don't like hippos anymore. <laughs> and I know. I didn't know they were that dangerous until yeah. you start hearing the stories, right? Well, you think, oh, big old hippopotamus, look at him over there. <laughs> yeah, no, it's he's so going to kill you. <laughs> uh, him and his buddy, the alligator. Yes. Alligators yes. and crocodiles, right? They're sneaky buggers. They are. Now, we've seen the, um, uh, down through the swamps, through Florida and stuff like that, the Everglades, you get the alligators. And I mean, they're as big as your kayak yeah. in your canoe, right? They'll, uh, they'll come right up. I don't know that you'd want to be taking a paddle board through some of those places. Oh, can you imagine? Well, there's snakes there too, right? Yeah. They'll drop out of the trees snakes on you. Snakes slithering yeah. across your paddle board? Yeah. Or, yeah. Ah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gives me the willies just thinking about it. Uh, the biggie. We, now, the, the next ones we've seen a lot of YouTube videos on and stuff. Sharks. Yes. There's actually one going around last week about, uh, uh, it looked like there was an aircraft or something talking down through the, the megaphone or whatever, yep. uh, the sound system, warning paddleboarders oh. that there are 15 great whites around them. Yeah. And you're they surrounded. make their way, yeah, make their way back to shore, like yeah. ASAP, yeah. you know, sharks following you. And I mean, <laughs> you've seen, you've seen videos, guys paddling their kayaks yeah. and there's a shark just tootling around behind yeah. them and yeah. no thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> you've seen a lot of videos of whales breaching or coming up underneath yes your paddle craft yeah the killer whales or orcas or whatever you want to call them they they're very curious animals they're very smart animals Mm -hmm. and they're very curious and uh i've seen a few videos now and you see it more and more nowadays because a lot of people are bringing gopros out with them and and filming their little doing their doing their paddling and stuff so there's a lot more footage being revealed nowadays and you see a lot of people with, out with drones and doing drone shots of people mm-hmm. on paddle boards. And there's a couple that w- I've seen recently where the, the killer whale is, uh, is swimming sideways underneath the paddle board, looking up at them, trying to figure out what it, what is. it is. Because a paddle board looks like a b- giant seal. Right? It does. And there was that one where the killer whale came and was nibbling on the back nibbling of the guys. Nibbling on the back of your paddle board. Yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. that's. <laughs> but I mean, with the whales breaching... Yes. And then coming right down on top of the kayaks? Yes. Ex- that's yeah. like, ooh, that yeah. dad get you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's got her. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, well, and then there's the ones that they come right up underneath. And there was the one, I think, over in Italy where they lifted the... This couple was in a kayak. Yeah. Yeah. And it lifted them right off. Yeah. It, so the whale was on the surface with the kayak yeah. on top. And, and was, then it went back down. And by the looks of that video, the whale was doing it on purpose. Yeah. It knew they were there. And it just kind of breached and came up and pushed them Probably a bit. sized them up because he went wanted back. a snack. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. You can't trust yeah. them, man. You can't trust any wildlife. They're all out to get you. <laughs> Especially the hippos. <laughs> those damn beavers. <laughs> oh, yeah, those beavers, they'll get you every time. Uh, fast water. Especially this time of year, we're talking about the fast water. But you're, yeah, I mean, we talk about, you know, the spring high water. There's a buildup of debris. You know, that's going to, it's going to Yeah. And we have, we have some high water this year. Like we we've do. had a lot of rain in the wow. spring here in Southern Ontario. Yeah. And Quebec. And Quebec flooding. So the, yeah. the water levels are high. The streams, the rivers are fast, fast moving. And so even on a river or area that you're used to, that you're accustomed to, that you've paddled over the last 10 or 15 years, 
it's different now because the water levels could be five or six feet higher and a rock that used to look at and say, oh, that's a nice looking rock. Now it's underwater and you don't know it's there. You don't know where. Yeah. So everything is different. Everything's changed. You have to be, everything, especially this time of year, you need to scout ahead any roots. If you're doing any root finding or, or, you know, spring whitewater trips. Well, and this is when you you really got to watch out for uh, sweepers and strainers when you, if you capsize. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, yep. you hit those branches, they knock you over and then they'll have roots and all the, the, uh, logs and stuff that are under, they're going to pin yeah. you right there with that fast water. Exactly. You're a yeah. goner. Right. Yeah. Um, currents, riptides, rocks, reefs, narrow channels and natural, like you say, natural obstacles that are, that are under the water now. Yeah. Like, you know? yeah. Rocks that you can't normally see or, or, you know, sunken logs or whatever, right? There's, there's a lot of risks that you, and, and that's the hard thing, especially with uh, spring runoffs, the water's not clear. It's, it's cloudier, it's muddier. And so the, a lot of these, um, hidden things until you learn, you, even people who are experts at reading water, sometimes you miss stuff that's under there, right? Sometimes yeah, you, you, you just miss, can't see it. You just misread it. You don't see it. You you misunderstand what that ripple or what that roller does or why it's there or whatever. So there's there's a lot of risk. There really is. Uh, when you're talking fast water, you're talking rapids, right? Yes. The things that can happen in a rapid, and it'll happen that fast. Yes. Yeah. You know, you're talking hitting your head. Yeah. You know, head damage, concussions, cuts, lacerations, bruises. Exactly. I mean, you do wear a helmet for the, Wear a you helmet, know, but you can smash your face. You right? know, yeah. Breaking bones. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about that going, you know, going down. Getting trapped against rocks by giant waves and the, the pressure on some of these rocks. Yeah. You know, if you get trapped underwater, you're, I mean, and we've, we've, in doing the research, we've, we've come across a couple of stories and uh, there was a one incident, the, the one kayaker went under and her boat popped up, but she didn't. And she was pressed underwater with so much pressure by a rock. She couldn't move. Yeah. She couldn't get herself off and she ended up drowning. Yeah. Right. I mean, and it happened that fast and she, she wasn't an amateur by any stretch of means. I mean, she's, she's competing in these major uh, races and and, and tournaments and that. Right. Um, you know, and one of the big things is not scouting rapids. That's definitely... Yeah. Ups your chance of, yeah, of maybe of, it's a it's a set of rapids that you routinely do, and it's like, well, I've done this rapid five or six times already this year. Let's just go, and and maybe the night before there's a heavy rain, and so the, it's just slightly different. There's a little bit more spillover. There's a bit the roller is just a bit bigger. You know, it's it's it doesn't hurt to get out of the boat and do a quick scout to assess the situation. You know, for different weather conditions, more rain, less rain. There, things change, right? Yeah. Uh, beginning of the season over something may have changed over last year. Yeah, maybe there's a new uh, maybe there's new log that's washed up into the into the strainer or whatever into that drop off or whatever. Right? Yeah, you don't know it. Here's something I never thought about: running rapids with something dangling around your neck. Yeah, a lot of people have whistles and stuff attached to them. Whistles, a knife, a compass, yeah. something like that. If you go overboard, mm-hmm. that's something to get caught yes. on the canoe yeah. or on something underwater or log or a branch or something like that, and it's got you. Mm-hmm. You know, you're pinned there. Uh, same thing can happen with an unzipped life jacket. Oh, yes, absolutely. Right, so it's floating open in front of you, and yeah. you go against a, a branch, yeah. and it snags through the armhole yeah. and, then and you, pins your arm there. And the water flow pressure may not let you get out. Yeah, you know, you may not be able to get that, that arm out. So these are things, when you're running in the rapids, you really got to think about, or you're yeah. going to end up uh, under there for good, right? Exactly. Um, one other thing to talk about before we, uh, break for a quick, uh, commercial here, uh, waterfalls. People are doing the waterfall drops now. Man, people take some crazy risks. And I've seen so many of these lately. People are trying to go to the bigger and the baddest waters, the drop-offs and waterfalls. I mean, they're doing like almost 200 feet, Mm -hmm. these draw these, these waterfalls, right? Like that's massive. Uh, there was an article I saw the other day. Some guy bashed his face off the front of his, off the front of the cockpit. He landed his nose. so hard. He felt, he flipped forward and yeah. smashed his face off the cockpit yeah. edge. Yeah. Um, the big things with this, holding the paddle the wrong way will cause it to break. Oh, yeah. 
And if you're not in the right position or it's right in front of you, that paddle, the broken paddle is coming back. Like you're talking broken nose, lacerations. Yeah. Those are those are the common ones. Um, they're, they're the most common type of injury. But uh, that is <laughs> a peril in it itself. Yeah, we're not just trying to scare people here. We're, uh, it's just, you know, to be forewarned is to be forearmed, to, to be aware of of uh, how you interact with your environment when you're out paddling is, it, it, it helps a lot just to be cognizant. Not like you should be going out there and, and, you know, fearing everything you do out there. It's, uh, you know, everything is done, you know, calculated risk, right? Everything yeah. is a calculated risk. I mean, there's only about 101,000 ways to die when you're paddling. <laughs> uh, yeah, and apparently exactly. we, just, we just labeled some of them. <laughs> so yeah, these are some of the perils of of, uh, of paddling. Isn't and this I a think, fun episode? I, this would have been great. Like I say, if we could have done a video on this with all the gore and... Oh yeah. That would have been a great Halloween episode. Yeah. Splash the screen so, of the camera with blood. Oh, that would have been great. You know... This is Phil. <laughs> Phil just broke his nose off. <laughs> Say hi, Phil. Um, but yeah, you know what? And, there, and there's a lot of these things that you think about at some level, but you don't really assign a lot of no, exactly. time thinking of yeah. them. You know, that okay, I can't do this because of that. Yeah. And, and you just automatically do stuff after exactly. this experience, right? right? So let's take a quick break here and we'll come back with a couple of examples of things that can go wrong while you're paddling that are way beyond just this sort of thing. Way beyond your control. Way beyond. You are listening to Paddling Adventures Radio on Reno Viola Outdoors. Do you enjoy getting on the water with a paddle in your hand? If so, this show's for you. Listen to Paddling Adventures Radio every Wednesday at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. and see what's happening in the world of paddle sports. Paddling Adventures Radio, whether you're close to home or far away, grab a paddle and get on the water. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. We are talking about the perils of paddling. So we talked about all the regular things that can happen when you're out there paddling um, that usually end up with drowning or some sort of injuries. But there's things that we've, we've uh, found stories on and whatnot, we've seen films on, that really aren't in your control. The only way you can control it is by not going there. By not going. <laughs> so let's talk about the first descent of the Apaporis River in Colombia. Yes. Um, so these guys, you know, everybody's, a lot of people want to do first descents. And uh, so when the, uh, when Colombia and, and FARC, they signed a peace accord, it was 52 years of conflict, right? So... In uh, 2016, they signed a peace accord, and so people started thinking, "Well, the, the the peace is starting to resound throughout the land. Let's see if we can do a first descent on some of these rivers." So these guys picked the Apaporis River in Colombia to do the, their trip. There was five guys, right? Yeah, five guys and five the, of them. And yep. I don't know how long they had planned for the trip, but in the end, it, it was 700 over. miles. 700 is what they miles. were going to be doing. Yes. Um, the government and FARC, which is the Revolutionary Armed Forces of Colombia, signed this treaty, said okie dokie. So they got all their stuff together. They made all their arrangements. They're heading on down there and they started, they were what, 19 days 19 days in, in with no issue whatsoever. No issues whatsoever. Um, and then on the 13th of November, 2016... Sorry, that's that's when the uh, the uh, peace agreement yeah, was, those was, peace agreements. was so signed. We're talking so, April 18th. Yeah, so 300 miles into their trip, um, this team of, of kayakers, they end up at this first village. They, um, you know, they chat with them. They have some meal with them, that sort of stuff. Very and, friendly. They said yeah. they were, there was no concerns at all with the people. A couple of doctors who make trips in to look after the people said that there was a, a FARC checkpoint uh, downstream, so they just keep an eye out and uh the next day as they were traveling down the river there was a motorboat 
um, with some of these uh, FARC rebels uh, or members in it. And uh, they basically detained them for a few days. Yes. Um, saying, you know, like, hey, what's going, what are you guys doing and all that sort of stuff. They wanted to see what they had in their gear, what they were doing in the area, if they were doing anything suspicious. And, and I think it was a holdout of previous actions that FARC had held. And I, I think they're still trying to come to terms with their new the new way that they're running their, their with their peace accord with the official government. Well, they were they've been given an official party status, yeah, right? Exactly. So so the after four days, they the the team was allowed to continue their journey, but they were told they couldn't take their some of their camera gear and GPS stuff, um, cameras technology. They had to to save that. So they said, okay, well we'll continue, but instead they went back to the village where there was an airstrip. And uh, they got hauled out, uh, just better be safe than sorry sort of yeah. thing. So it was a non-consequential incident, but it could have been worse. And it they, could have been. They handled it well. Yeah. And from the from the uh, the way they told their stories, you can see that they they worked well with FARC, and FARC was you know coming to terms with their new agreement. And so it it could have been worse. Well, and that's what they were saying uh, when you read the article. They say that's where the confusion lies because a group known for kidnapping, drug traffic, and murder treated the kayakers kindly. Yes. Right? So they're starting to do that. So something like that, you're coming across that when you're on a big trip. Totally out yeah. of your control. You have no, you're no way of controlling You're running a river and you come across people with AK-47s and they're pointing them at you. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's kind of scary. So when we did the uh, Real Paddling Film Festival, there was a, one of the films was called Kayak the Kwanzaa. Yes. And not as bad as that, but there was two guys and they're, they're uh, cruising for, they're raising money basically to help a, a, an organization um, that removes landmines out of yeah. uh, Angola yes. uh, along the Kwanzaa River and stuff like that. And so they went, they, they camped near a fishing village, near a Kaponda Dam. And they were doing their, you know, all great with the locals, having a great time. They had meal with the locals and all that. And then 1230 in the morning, all of a sudden they're pulled from their tents with guns and yeah. and all that. And uh, the uh, military police handcuffed them and, or sorry, not the local police yes. handcuffed them and, and took them away. The grievance apparently being because they were camping near a strategic site. Yes, so it's, it's uh, a dam. They're they higher vigilance around dams for people, you know, sabotaging and whatever. Yeah. Uh, and again, they were, well, this one was a bit more dragged out because, uh, it, you know, it wasn't rebel forces or anything like that. But, but they talking, ended up going 135 kilometers yeah. back the way they came to one yeah. police department. And then all the way back to the capital of Luanda, the, the capital of Angola is Luanda, yeah. all the way back to there. And then they said they were given all their stuff, except their passports. Then they were taken um, even farther back to an immigration yeah. place. And they said they, you know, they were going to be held there for the weekend. They ended up having to get the consuls um, involved. American consul involved, yeah. Yeah, the, the British and Italian ones involved. And, yeah. and finally they were released and uh, they said they were, you know, they only had a few days left to continue. And they, they did that. But again... It, you, you, there's no control. And in a situation like this, it seems like the, the major confusion is the fact that you have local police working with regional police, working with government forces. And mm -hmm. so it's just everybody, nobody knew what was going on at any one time. There was, you didn't know who was in charge. There's too many, too many police and too many officials. And it's just, it messed the whole thing up. Yeah. Everybody wanted to have the last say and it screwed these guys over for a bit. Uh, but at the end of the day, they, everything worked out fine for them. But again, like you're sitting there peacefully going along your, your trip and yeah. all of a sudden you're, you're in the pokey. So, yeah. so we go from, you know, FARC forces to local officials and police. And now we go on to, <laughs> uh, Mojave County Sheriff's office in Arizona recently arrested a 66 year old man for shooting at a group of kayakers. Uh, apparently they were at a, they were cruising from a campground. They were going out for the day downstream and he started taking pot shots at them because he doesn't like people crossing. He took offense to them being on his water. Yeah. His water. His he, water. It was his property. Yeah. Um, three of them, uh, sort of high, started hightailing it back. They, they, you know, didn't know what to do. 
the 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 lead guy just started booting it down. <laughs> he, he because one of the bullets struck near right close to him, and uh, so he, he just off. he just took off. And um, yeah, the other guys, the the old guy ended up at gunpoint, forcing them out of the water. Yeah, and then after a, a whole bunch of rigmarole. Told them pick up your kayaks and walk back to the campground. Yeah, don't touch the water. Where yeah, where uh, the cops were called, he was arrested. Search and rescue had to go out to try to find that fourth guy because yeah. they thought he may have been hit. Yeah, um, but he but ended he up just, camping out at night because he couldn't make it back. Yeah, he he was going to go down to where they were supposed to originally go to, but you know with the the timing and all that didn't work out, and he ended up camping outside. But they found them all all okay. So just like wow. You know, <laughs> I know. So these are risks that you just can't really prepare for. Yeah. So, I mean, we're talking about the stuff that, you know, you know, making sure you're wearing your life jacket, that sort of stuff is in your control. But then you're talking about rebel forces, uh, yeah. Angolan police and <laughs> old guy with big handguns yeah. trying to take you out. <laughs> Unfortunately, so. we had to rush this last part because we get just, we were a couple of chatty Cathy's in the first part of the show. <laughs> so... We, we're, we're trying to cover everything off by the end of it. So we're, we're talking a little bit fast right now. I apologize. <laughs> no, you're just talking fast. So, so that's the perils of paddling. Yes. Those are, those are things you really got to watch out for. So, well, they're out there. Well, thanks everybody for listening this week. It's been a fun episode. It has been, you know, and just take care out there. Cause you know, there's a lot of things that are going to kill you. Yes. Uh, take a peek for us on Facebook, on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, find us on iTunes, and you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Sprecht. We'll see you next time. <laughs>